0: Tweet at today
1: And I see Anne-Marie Ryan tweeting Teachers have no standardised evidence base for providing predicted grades equal treatment of all Leaving Cert students is impossible using this system Well, they've got to do something but keep those texts coming 51551 and you can tweet at TodaySOR The Irish Hairdressers Federation is calling for the reopening of hair salons to be brought forward to avoid a growing black market in the business with some salons claiming they've been offered lucrative cash uh, amounts to go to clients' homes to provide services For more. I am joined by Danielle Kennedy, the incoming president of the Irish Hairdressers Federation and by Dr. Kim Roberts, assistant professor of virology in Trinity College. Good morning to you both, Danielle. Uh, to what extent are you aware or uh, how widespread is, it, uh, uh, is the evidence of these black market efforts in hairdressing right now?
2: It has just erupted, Sean, and it's, it's erupted even further since the announcement came that we're not currently opening until the 20th of July. Because um, people just aren't prepared to wait that long to get their hair done.
1: What kind of offers are being made to your colleagues and members?
2: Um, roughly 150 to 200 for a haircut.
1: Compared to what it's they'd pay in the salon?
2: Yeah, compared to 40, 50 euros of a normal price. So three and four times the normal price people are prepared to pay to get it job.
1: Um, some people might find that irresistible.
2: <laughs> well, that's it. Um, it's like it's putting salon owners and it's putting stylists under an awful lot of pressure. Um, not every salon owner is prepared for months to just be no, 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 no. You know, at at some point there is the fear that the salon owners, the stylists are going to crumble and they're going to like just try and look after their clients.
1: Yeah, and I think you've spoken before um, about the relationship that exists between hairdressers and their clients. It can be a very, I won't say it's necessarily akin to a doctor-patient relationship, but there is a, there's a bond that builds up over years.
2: There is. Um, there's a friendship there. Um, salons, like, they're, they're a very happy place to be. You know, people come in, they leave happy, they're a very positive environment. So people like that feeling. Um, and obviously getting your hair done is very important to how people feel especially at the moment when we've all been on lockdown for whatever minutes of weeks I understand that that little bit of having the hair done could give someone a a really incredible boost to feeling, you know, somewhat normal and having somewhat normality back in their life
1: Yeah, and I know hair dye has been a huge problem for many people has that been a feature in these black market offers as well?
2: Uh, Yes Yes, that has gone. The, the cotton actually, strangely, seems to be the bigger issue over the colour. From what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'll come back to you in a minute to talk about the yeah. um, uh, about the possible uh, alternatives or the possible solutions. But um, mm-hmm. if I can talk to yourself, Kim Roberts, assistant professor of virology in Trinity College. I mean, what are the specific issues for hair salons and indeed for barber shops as well? Uh, I mean, you know, the, the business of social distancing just doesn't apply in those settings, does it?
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, to, to cut somebody's hair, you do need to get up close and personal. Um, and so, you're breaking that two-meter social distancing rule. So, there are risks involved and people need to be aware of those risks. Now, um, washing hands um, obviously plays, plays a role. Um, not touching your face plays a role. And here is, a, is a, a situation where wearing a mask for the time when somebody's hair is being cut might be of benefit, um, but those masks need to be worn um, properly in order to be effective. And people need to realise that masks don't give you 100% protection, so there is um, risk um, taking place. There is a, a risk that you're under.
1: But I suppose all of what you're saying would apply on the 20th of July, just as much as it might apply now.
0: Absolutely. Except that one of the reasons why this um, is a, a a stepwise reopening of the country is to reduce the number of um, of community transmission that um, that takes place that is taking place at the moment. So it's to get that level of transmission down to be as low as possible before we start to reopen the country. Um, and so. It, it, Gives companies time to think about how they can reopen safely. What measures a, a company is going to put in place? In this case, we're talking about hair salons. So, you know, what is the what is a reasonable number of customers that could enter any particular size salon so that you? Know,
1: OK, look, we're having trouble with a, a, a breakdown in that line to, to Kim. We might try and uh, get it back a little better than it has been. But coming back to yourself, Danielle Kennedy of the Hairdressers Federation, what proposals do you have to reassure the health authorities that you know, the salons could be reopened safely and sooner?
2: Um, so we have come up with a set of structures, COVID protection guidelines that we've, we would be prepared to go to. Um, if needed, to get salons open sooner. Because obviously a salon is a much more sterile environment. Like salons are well equipped to cope with, with this kind of stuff because we're used to working in sterile environments anyway. And we are quite happy to be able to take it up a notch. Um, our federation is a committee of, we're all salon owners. So we know what we suggest is stuff that is work, will work. It's stuff that, um, you know, is practical for the industry um, so yeah it's, it's just we really want to push it forward to the end of June to phase three.
1: Yeah and uh, it would be a case of like no magazines, no coffee, no kind of hospitality that would normally be the case and presumably fewer people b- being being looked after or cared for at any given time.
2: Yes we're quite happy to reduce the numbers on the premises um, to reduce the interaction from client to client, to keep that very segregated. So yes, you will lose. Temp- we will temporarily lose an element of the kind of hospitality side of the industry. Um, but we're prepared to do that to get the industry yeah. back open. And,
1: and just in your own case, did you get calls yourself uh, last Saturday after the the plan was unveiled on Friday evening from from clients?
2: Oh, yes. I, I've had a weekend of it. Um, as
1: soon as
2: everyone realised it was going to be July 20th, it was like half the country just decided they weren't prepared to wait that long to get their hair done.
1: And, and, and wh- people wh-
2: want to book in, house calls, everything. Um, there seems to be a bit of a perception that if people cut hair in the garden, that it's going to, you know, it's somewhat safer or that the risk element is gone.
1: Yeah, um, and, and what about visors now? Would you expect, um, uh, and Kim can come in on this one as well because she's back on a decent line, uh, w- would, would you expect visors to be worn on top of masks by people uh, working in the, in the industry?
2: We don't think it would be necessary but look, we are prepared to do what is necessary to get the industry back open.
1: Yeah, uh, and what would you say to that, Kim? Do you think it visors? Of course, they might they might uh, be good for just the sharpness of people's eyesight if they're wearing glasses or whatever. Um, and you're, you're looking through a visor, you mightn't be able to see it in quite the same detail.
0: So uh, yeah, I think it's about um, coming up with a, with solutions that um, that help to mitigate the risk without adding extra burden and making the work more tiring. So. Um, so a visor will protect eyes, which is important if there is a concern of somebody touching their face and touching their eyes. But if they are, but if that risk is is relatively small because they're they're. Um, they've got scissors in their hands and then they're used to avoiding touching their eyes, then um, then covering the eyes is, is probably um, less important than wearing a mask and wearing that mask properly so that it fits over the nose and the mouth and not touching that mask
1: throughout the whole hair. And, and Kim, assuming the weather is fine, uh, would cutting the hair outside make any difference? So one of the
0: benefits of being outside is that there's a lot of airflow and so that can reduce um, the, the time in which the virus is alive for um, and also it can disperse particles um, more quickly. So um, being outside is helpful um, and if you're inside, having a hot
1: wind is really helpful as well. Okay. well, look, thank you both indeed for joining us. Uh, We'll be interested to see whether the government responds favourably to these ideas. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. My thanks to you both, Kim Roberts, Assistant Professor of Virology in Trinity College. And thanks also to Danielle Kennedy, incoming President of the Irish Hairdressers Federation. We'll talk to Archbishop Eamon Martin after this break.